Hello. Ropele Redcon does not own any parts of the movies we retcon, nor are we associated with the artists who make them. Also, things will get uh, very spicy. Very spicy indeed, and maybe your children do not need to hear that. The music in this episode is by Local Deluxe. You can listen to him on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Amazon Music. All the time it takes just waiting for the right moment Pray that the stars will align For the highway leading to your heart to be open I know where I'm going Every moment that we've got Never seems to be enough to say Welcome to Roleplay Retcon. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're so happy to have you. And if this is not your first time, welcome back. We remake the movies that let you down with different role-playing and storytelling games. This episode is a really special episode because we have our very good friend Alex Roberts back. And she is uh, crowdfunding a new version of her game, Starcrossed, right now. And we're going to play it together. So, hi, Alex. Hi, Gen Z. It's so nice to be back. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. So um, if you are a longtime listener, you will remember Alex Roberts from our Bodyguard episode. Alex, uh, tell us a little bit about the the work you're doing on your new game. We're publishing a supplement for Starcrossed. So in the same way that like Fiasco has the Fiasco Companion, um, this is like the Starcrossed Companion. It has new ways to play the game. Um, There's a bunch of pre-generated characters in the booklet um, it's like the same size as the original Starcross booklet, so it kind of just fits in the box with it. Um, but yeah, pre-generated characters, alternate lists of scenes, um, different epilogue charts. Those words mean things if you've played Starcross before. But if not, just know that it also includes a way to play the two-player romantic game uh, with a, a, using a Jenga tower. You can play it solo, you can use it without a Jenga tower, and you can play it with uh, three players. So those are like the three things that I think people are like really excited about. Although also we hired a bunch of really cool writers to write pre-generated characters and really cool illustrators to illustrate them. So it's going to be a very pretty book full of lovely things. Nice. That's very exciting. So we've played a couple of your games before. Um, We played For the Queen with the Bodyguard, and then we also did um, To All a Good Night, which was our holiday special. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Wow. That's, yeah, that's so funny. I love that y'all played that. My little Christmas game. Yeah, it was really great. We really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I was the reindeer, which was super, super fun um, to come up with those characters. So I'm really excited uh, for this game. I'm excited to see the art too, because the other games also, um, especially for the queen, I remember had really, really beautiful art as Mm. well. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that, you know, For the Queen has sort of like a bunch of different illustrators, different takes Mm -hmm. on the on the material. We have that um, in the in the supplement. But also we got Jess Fink back to do the cover art and like main illustrations again. And I just love bragging about that because Jess is so cool to work with. And I love I love Jess's work so much. So, yeah. Anyway, I have to say that, too. No, that's amazing. That's so cool. Wow, I'm really excited. So where can the um, listeners go and help out with that crowdfunding? 
You can either go to bullypulpitgames.com or to my website, helloalexroberts.card.co, um, and either of our newsletters will be yelling and screaming about it um, in a fun way uh, as soon as it goes live. So that's my advice. Subscribe. Don't forget to like and subscribe is the <laughs> is the message I'm trying to get out there to the people. Do it. Everyone do it right now, <laughs> immediately. Pause us. Don't yeah. listen anymore. Go do it. Uh, what I'm very excited to kind of like sort of debut, I'm kind of playtesting it right now, actually, um, is uh, the rules that we have for playing the game online. So, yeah, like the original game was published in 2018, 2019, I think, um, before it was just kind of assumed that people are going to be playing online a lot. And I always thought like, well, the game is based around a Jenga tower, right? You pull bricks from the tower when you increase the intimacy between the two um, characters. And if the tower falls, then they act on their feelings. Um, that's right. I'm like, come on, that's that's the game, right? But Actually, people have been playing it online using a bunch of different tools and stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, me and Bully Pulpit reached out to Garrett Writinghouse, um, who is just like, I don't know, kind of like the person to talk to, in my opinion, about live action online gaming. Um, even pre-pandemic, uh, he was really like writing LARPs for online play, like for a video chat thing or to be played online and like how to use that medium rather than like just trying to fit stuff to work online. Like how can you sort of take advantage of it as a medium? Um, so him and also uh, Dana Fried, who wrote uh, rules for playing Dread online. Dread, of course, being the the first and ultimate Jenga-based uh, role-playing game, which is a horror game. So she wrote rules to play Dread without a tower, um, which is great if you're playing online or if for accessibility reasons, uh, a Jenga is not a good option for you. Um, yeah, so we I got the two of them together to write something up. So we have a system for playing Starcrossed uh, online. And uh, you, I guess, you and I are going to be the first uh, to check it out. That is so exciting. I'm so excited. And I really love that idea. So one of the things you talked about was how this game can be played with two players, which is very fortunate because today it's just the two of us. It's just, just the two of us. It's just Alex and We me. can make it if just we try. Me. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I believe in us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really know where Ben and Alex other Alex, roleplay recon Alex are. <laughs> well, there can somewhere. be only one. I don't know about Ben, but I, I can explain the other one. Um, That's true. Good yeah. Point. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a two player option sometimes. I love, I don't know, I love one on one gaming. I think it's kind of a special, kind of its own thing in certain ways. Um, I do have a letter from Ben. Oh. He, he sent it for me to read. Um, so let's see what he has to say. Ben is so extra in the best way. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Ben's letter says, <clears throat> Dear Gen Z and Alex Roberts, I'm sorry other Alex and I could not join you for this session of Roleplay Retcon, the podcast that remakes the movies that let you down. We are laying low after stealing jet skis from the rich and giving them to people who do not have jet skis. They're not necessarily poor, they just don't have jet skis. So poor in spirit, I suppose. You know what? Fun fact, I don't have a jet ski, Ben and Alex, so I hope that I am one of these poor people who gets a jet ski. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's on its way, I'm sure. 
You'll be playing Alex Roberts' Starcrossed, a two-player game about people who are crushing hard on each other, but acting on their feelings is forbidden, disastrous, or a real career killer. This is a perfect formula for remaking the 2002 Lucy Liu and Antonio Banderas action movie Ballistic X vs. Sever. X vs. Sever is infamous for technically being the worst reviewed movie in Rotten Tomatoes history. I did check it has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fun fact. I don't even know how that's possible. Incredible. What an accomplishment. Warner Brothers was trying to recapture the magic of The Matrix without understanding why The Matrix was great, resulting in 91 minutes of soulless black trench coats, explosions, campy but in a sad way choreographed fight scenes, and slow-mo gunplay. The story is mostly incomprehensible, but it's supposed to be about two rival agents from opposing agencies fighting each other. A beat the original movie abandons almost immediately. That's it. That's all you should keep. The two super agents named X and Sever from rival organizations. They did not want to kiss in the original movie, but they should want to. Probably because the original movie, uh, X is married, right? <laughs> yes, that is that is the case. And we can talk <laughs> about what we want to do with that situation. Um, so many, So many options. Almost any other changes would make it better to gender, setting, motivations, magic, etc. And then inject it with a healthy dose of this is how you lose the time more. And you've got a gravy movie, baby. <laughs> ben then writes, I meant to write groovy instead of gravy, but I'm writing on a typewriter I found in a cave. And I don't think you could backspace on a typewriter. Wow, what's going on with these jet skis, Ben and Alex? <laughs> He then writes, anyway, break a leg, love, Ben. P.S. I have also enclosed a USB stick with some reaction samples from our Alex. You know, canned laughter, gasps, etc. That should also enhance the star-crossed experience. You're welcome. Boom, shakalaka. Wow, thank you for that letter, Ben. I made the bad move of watching this movie. I have now seen Ballistic, colon, X versus Sever. <laughs> That's amazing. Tell us, what did you think about it? I had, oof, it was really hard to keep paying attention to. I'm I'm not a I'll put stuff on in the background type of person at all, but I, I really needed some distraction. I think Ben makes a good point that like, like a lot of action movies from the period, they're like, let's put trench coats in it and like a cool pose will be done sometimes. <laughs> and that's Matrix, baby. Um, the plot is so confusing. I don't know how to begin explaining it. There's like a kid, but it's not, ex well, it, it, and they steal like this nanomachine, but it doesn't do anything, but they hide it in the kid for some reason. But they, and this is what the bad guys are doing, I guess. But then the bad guy turns out to be a good guy. I don't know. It's really bad. I don't, and I didn't care. You know, it was just yeah. <laughs> it was so hard to care. The point of this movie is that my, sorry, point of my review of this film is that makers of this movie, you had Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu, two oh my God. of the hottest professional hot people of whatever this was made, 2000, 2002. You had that. And you're like, no, let's not give them a romance. And some part of me wants to respect that, like, oh, you, you know, it's like a compelling, you know, like a, a friendship or like a rivalry between, uh, you know, a man and a woman that, like, doesn't have to be romantic or sexual. That's, like, so bold and interesting. But you know what? It's not. They just have no relationship. They just have no relationship at all. They occasionally shoot at each other. Um, and she, like, kind of helps him save his son in the end of the movie, I guess. And it's just, like, 
No, I want the movie depicted on the poster, which is Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu, or equivalent hot people, um, who are both enemies and also very, very into each other. Uh, and they work for, and they're agents and they work for rival agencies, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So that there's fighting, but also flirting. And I think mm -hmm. I should be allowed that. I think that's a reasonable ask. It is a reasonable ask. So I have not actually seen this movie because I don't know. Well, I guess it is a thing where you can watch this illegally, huh? <laughs> I wouldn't know about anything like that, Jensen. <laughs> but, uh, but I could not find it to even watch it. I did read the plot synopsis. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was weird. It, the, like the plot structure, even, even the Wikipedia plot synopsis was just like really convoluted and difficult to understand. Yeah. But he's married, right? Antonia and Banderas. So, yes. So, okay. Classic bad action movie thing. He's a dead wife guy, right? Like his wife died and he's he's obsessed about it. Um, and also the plot involves the bad guy's son getting kidnapped. Mm -hmm. So like it's him mm -hmm. and his wife and his wife is like really upset about it and they fight about that or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but it is revealed that the bad guy's wife, who is the kid's mom, is actually... Antonio Banderas's wife and the bad guy faked both his death in front of her and her death in front of him and somehow that worked and they oh, never bananas. figured out that neither of them died I have no I, like it's not there's some brainwashing memory erasing thing he just tricked them both and <laughs> like what I just I can't wrap my head around it like did you not have any like family members in common or like friends right. who would notice that you're both alive and then so and she like marries the bad guy because for <laughs> for reasons that are glossed over pretty quickly so like yes but he doesn't realize that he's married until kind of the end of the movie but also he was a dead wife guy the whole time and like obsessive so so they well the answer to that is very complicated is basically it i i i can tell I can tell. Seems complicated. That's wild. That's just so wild. So he must have had this woman, like, locked up in a tower somewhere. Th that's the thing. We see her, like, driving around, like, d doing stuff, heck? hanging with her <laughs> son. Like, um, oh, I will say the one thing I respect about this movie is that it is shot in Vancouver, like every movie ever. Oh. But mm -hmm. they have the audacity to also set it in Vancouver. And people constantly talk oh. about how they're in Vancouver. Like, the target has landed in Vancouver. and How about that? Yeah, we're, we're flying you out to Vancouver right away. And they just talk about being in Vancouver. And I've never seen such a thing in film done. <laughs> uh, I love it. That, um, is, that is pretty cool. It's not just some fictional city that looks like Vancouver. It's the real Vancouver. Yeah, they're like, no, we're going to do We're not going to do a rumble in the Bronx where we film it very obviously in Vancouver and just call it a different place. Yeah. So anyway, they're she's all over the 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 rainy, beautiful west coast of Canada, and somehow they just didn't run into each other. Like it's crazy. Like he still kind of works for the guy. I think. No, wait, he doesn't. He works for the FBI, and Lucy Lou uh, Sever Lucy Lou mm -hmm. works for the bad guy. But oh. then she's going against him now, for some reason, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm explaining this badly, but it's the film's fault. 
I see. I believe you. I totally believe you. Yeah. It's the film's fault. Yeah. Well, good thing we're doing it then because I feel like you and I are going to do this way better. Yep. 100%. With our basic premise, right, all Starcross needs is two people who are really, really into each other and one reason why they cannot act on their feelings. Um, and then we just play out a series of scenes um, in which uh, that basically we kind of go back and forth doing moves, like contributing something to the scene or saying what our character is doing. Um, and when you do things that escalate the intimacy between you, so in, in this game it's uh, uh, either physically touching uh, the other character, or uh, revealing something personal, then uh, you have to pull a brick from a Jenga tower, which in the online case is we roll a d20 and we note uh, what number is rolled. And once the same number is rolled four times, the tower collapses. What happens when it collapses? They act on their feelings. Oh, I see. Yeah, and so what that means is kind of up to the players. Um, we can consult a little epilogue chart to see... Um, based on how many roles we've made that kind of like changes what the outcome is. How do they act on their feelings? What does that look like? And what are the consequences for them? We, we will know that in the moment when it happens. The biggest question is, as we get started, do, would you rather be the lead or the follow? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that 100% up to you. Okay. Um, basically, the lead uh, always makes the first move in the scene. Um, so we like we just we set the scene together. We decide what's happening, and then the first kind of turn goes to the lead, and the follow always decides when the scene ends. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and there's a few difference in the moves too. So um, once per scene, the lead can uh, intentionally touch the follow, and once per scene, they can intentionally reveal something personal. Uh, the follow, meanwhile, can unintentionally do those things once per scene each. Um, and only once per game can the lead unintentionally reveal something personal or unintentionally touch the follow. And the follow, only once per game, can intentionally touch the lead or intentionally reveal something personal to them. Um, so yeah, and that's that's why we have this nice little spreadsheet so we can keep track of how many times we're doing these things. Mm. <laughs> that's good. That's helpful. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, you know, before we get into like our individual characters, mm -hmm. why don't we just talk about the premise a little bit more, right? Like what's brought us together? What's keeping us apart are the two basic questions. 
So, um, would you like to be X or Sever? I'll be X. And then I'll be Sever. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have the bare bones of this right now, right? We are super cool secret agents, not in the real sense at all, but in the movie sense. <laughs> we're, we're action movie secret agents, and we are on opposite sides of some kind of mission. So maybe you and I are both going after the same thing. Um, in in the movie, it's that she kidnapped a child, I guess, but it turns out that it was really the bad guy who kidnapped him, and she's kind of saving him. That's uh, very silly, and I don't care about it. Um, what what is it? What is a better mission that you and I could be on opposite sides of? Like, I don't know. Maybe one of us is stealing something, the other one's trying to get it back, or maybe we're both trying to find information about something or solve some mystery. I don't know. What about if we're both trying to steal the same thing? Ooh, yeah. Okay, I really like that. Um, yes, you and I are both like hired like professional thieves. Um, and we have these clients, right, who want, I don't know, maybe like, we can talk about what the object is. Um, and so it's not like g- good guy, bad guy, or like cop and robber or whatever. Yeah. It's two robbers. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I'm very into it. Um, okay, cool. Do we want to talk about what we're what we're stealing? Yeah, what do you think? Um, my first thought is art. I don't know if that's interesting enough, but I keep thinking art. No, I was thinking that too. My my first thought was like um, something really historically valuable. Mm. Like there's only one of this thing, so I think yeah. art works well for that. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe a little like a little statue or something, like something that's very small but has like a lot of like, yeah, like you say, like there's only one of these left in the world, or it has this like. Um, historical and cultural significance or something uh i mean let's decide this now do we want to make it magical or sci-fi do we want to go there yeah yes let's do it (laughs) all right i like it i like that enthusiasm okay so then it is an ancient artifact that our respective employers want not just because it's rare and expensive and beautiful but because it does some secret but possibly evil thing i don't know do we want to even like like, we can say that our characters don't know that. We think we're just stealing some little statue thing. Yeah, I like that. Amazing. Okay, cool. And then it has some secret power, and we can, like, talk about what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, fun. Okay, so, like, we're both trying to steal the orb of something or the chalice of something. Um, the MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, the MacGuffin. <laughs> the orb of MacGuff. Orb of MacGuff. Love it. Let's keep it. (laughs) (laughs) No further revisions needed. The Um, MacGuff Orb. (laughs) If Avatar can just use unobtainium, we're allowed our orb. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Great. Well, that gives us a lot of scenes then in which we're like both going to the same place to try to steal it, or one of us is trying to steal it from the other, or we can do a chase scene. Um, yeah, whatever we feel like. So with that premise, that's all we need. Now we can get into our character sheets. So each of us will answer, who am I? And what is my most attractive feature? Mm, okay. Let's do that first. Let's just answer those two questions. Okay. So since you're X, do you want to be the lead then? Yeah, that sounds good. 
Um, do you want to go first? Uh, so I'm going to be X, a uh, hired, hired thief, a professional cat burglar. Um, and my most attractive feature, I think it's my voice. I think I have a very, like, kind of low, uh, alluring voice. Nice. So I am Sever. I'm a hired burglar. And what is my most attractive feature? Well, if I'm basing the character off of Lucy Lou, let's be honest, it's it's all of the features. <laughs> yeah, your most attractive feature is that you're Lucy Lou. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to say my eyes. But I think probably I wear um, sunglasses a lot, like really like dark sunglasses, so you can't see them very often. Ooh, so you can really break them out at a dramatic moment. Yes. I will also add, uh, Lucy Lou wears some truly bonkers sunglasses in this movie which i think is also a matrix leftover thing where they're like the people want to see weird sunglasses well we're gonna keep it the next question is what are two things about me that i don't realize are attractive and for this one i'm going to answer it on your sheet and you're going to answer it on my sheet oh i i will inform you that two things about you that you don't realize are attractive number one is your confidence your confidence oh. is the most attractive thing to me and number two, uh, the way that you, the way that your brow furrows and uh, your nostrils flare when you get angry. It's so cute. <laughs> I love that so much. That's the best thing. Okay, well, about you, um, the two things that you don't realize are attractive. Um, number one, you have this elegance to your movement um like you're really you're really strong and and powerful but you're also i don't know what it is you're just so elegant as well like you have this really beautiful fluid movement um that i don't think you realize but it's so lovely oh i love being so graceful um graceful is the word i was looking for thank you so you're graceful and um wow there's just so much about you that's attractive you also have a really nice laugh. I don't think that, that I hear you laugh very often, but when when you do laugh, it's just, it's so cute. Aww. <laughs> you have a really cute laugh. It's kind of like, um, it's, it's somewhere in between like, like a, a chuckle and a grunt and a giggle. Like it's this just amazing laugh. <laughs> I love to think of this like gruff, uh, sexy secret agent character having this like kind of dorky little not wanting to let it out sort of muffled <laughs> laugh. It's cute. Yes. <laughs> so the next answer on both of our sheets, uh, and we can write the same thing here, is why can't I act on my feelings? How should we articulate this? Like, why can't we act on our feelings? Is it because we're after the same thing? Is it because it would compromise, you know, my goal? Do we have some kind of history? This is our career, right? And, you know, if we didn't have this, then what would we have? So I think that if we acted on our feelings, then one of us would not be successful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, neither of us want to risk losing this job, right? If we fail, it's really bad news. Right. And then the last thing is, why is that important to me? Like, we have an external thing that is keeping us apart, right? Like, you know, we're, we're enemies or we're whatever. But something that I think makes a much better role-playing experience is when you take a, just a bit of a second to be like, well, why does that matter to my character specifically? Like, what does that threaten? Or like, what are they giving up? Or what would, what would be compromised? something about themselves. Like, why is it specifically important to Sever or to X that I don't 
make myself vulnerable and lose this job. I feel like Sever has worked really hard to be where they are today. And they've gained a lot of respect and they've got like a flawless track record. And I think they're trying to to continue to build this this name for themselves so that that they can one day be the one who's in charge instead of being the hired person. And so if they if they did fail this, then that would completely ruin their track record and their reputation. And they just they're just ready to leave that life behind. So like she really feels like her future is kind of riding on this. Like You know, this is my ticket kind of upward. I think for X, actually, I was literally thinking the exact opposite. I think maybe he's kind of on his way out, you know, like a a burglaring is a young man's game or something and, or he just doesn't have the heart for it anymore. And so maybe he's had one or two jobs that like kind of went south a bit. And I think his employer has really been like, this is your last chance, buddy. This, and whether that means like, or, and I'll never hire you again, or like maybe they're really criminal underworldy type stuff and it's like we're we'll eliminate you so yeah i think it's the exact opposite i think he's on like kind of a downward trend and he's like i gotta he's looking for redemption i love that we're kind of on opposite sides of that you're like i need to maintain my flawless reputation i'm like i need to redeem my extremely flawed reputation well with that we're actually ready to do the first scene um so the game is set into a series of eight scenes you can see a little list they have little titles we will just play out a bunch of scenes that have these titles we'll see how they inspire what we want our characters to do and basically every scene is just turns back and forth so you see the moves that are listed under your character you just do one of those and then it's a tennis like You do a move, I do a move. We go back and forth until the follow, that's you, uh, says, okay, I think that's a good place to end. And you can do that before your turn or after your turn, whenever you are like, yeah, let's cut it there. And my general advice for this game is cut sooner, be a harsh director. So scene one is called an introduction. So are we being introduced to each other? Are we both being introduced to something? Are we observing some sort of introduction? What do you think? Oh, interesting. Like, are we going to start it at the introduction to the mission? Like where we're both being introduced to the thing that we're supposed to do? Or are we there and we're we're ready to steal the thing and then that's our introduction with each other what do you think oh we could like run into each other on on a thing like on a job (laughs) i kind of like that and i also you know i do want us to lean into like the kind of bad early 2000s action movie thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i feel like a movie like that has got to start with an action piece you know what i mean it's got to start like at the docks and something goes down Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. What if maybe there's like a handoff happening? Like someone's giving the object to someone else. Someone's selling it to someone else. And both of us have had gotten the intel on this. And we're like trying to like get the drop on them and like steal it there. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll do a move. Um, I'm just going to do the move. Describe your character's movements. You see X kind of on the, on the roof of an adjacent building, right? They're doing this, this handoff in an alleyway. And you can see him with this sort of this sort of cat-like, quiet, precise movements. 
climbing to the edge um, and just just delicately, quietly lowering himself down onto like a fire escape so that he can get a little bit closer and plan his next move. So my move, describe a detail in the character's environment. I think that's what I'm going to do. So does that mean like anything in the environment I can describe it? Yeah, any kind of scene setting that you want to do. If any like sense thing, like how things look or smell or taste or sound or yeah, just some little some little glance at the scenery, anything. Okay. So, um it's the it's the alleyway. Let's say the the orb, the item <laughs> that we're that we're after is in a lockbox in the alleyway and the box is, it's not too, too tiny, but it's also not huge. Maybe like half the size of a briefcase. And it has a fingerprint sensor lock. Nice, nice. That's new tech. For 2002, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> X, I think, is like, I want to describe the moment where he notices you, right? Like he's looking down at this handoff taking place and he's trying to get a sense of like, okay, who's going to walk away with it? And is there a moment I can take advantage of? Should I just keep trailing them for a while? Like you can see him kind of, you know, brow furrowed, like concentrating, looking back and forth. Um, and then you see his head just kind of like snap up because he's heard something and he's thinking, is there someone else here? Is there some some other person I haven't accounted for in this situation? So she is on the other opposite side of the alley then. And he's he's on the the fire escape, so I guess she'll be at the upper level of the opposite side fire escape. And uh, she she sees that he has just looked up and noticed her, and her blood just like curdles. <gasps> she she knows exactly what he's there for, and what he he has just um, seen her, and so she decides to act quicker than she was planning on it. She hops right down into the alleyway. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Great, great, great. Um, so he leaps down as well. So now our characters are both kind of in the middle of these two, <laughs> these two, you know, two, you know, whoever they are, um, who are in the middle of this handoff. Oh my God, let's have a cool action scene. Oh my God, yes. Also, I should mention that when you play this game with uh, a tower, Whenever your character offers dialogue, like whenever mm -hmm. your characters speak to each other, um, mm -hmm. you have to have your hand on the Jenga tower. You don't pull, oh, okay. but you have to hold it. And um, when you're playing on video, uh, the, the sort of equivalent of that that Garrett came up with is mm -hmm. you have to touch the other person's face on the video screen. Oh, interesting. It's, it's, it, it really has an effect. It's hard to describe. Uh -huh. um, but uh, I don't, if it doesn't make a weird sound, whenever we speak in character, do you want to just maybe gently touch your microphone? Yes. Let's do yes, that. Yes, I do. Because it's also something that has to be kind of delicate and careful and feels a little weird. I think I actually just want to do another movement move. Um, yeah, I just want to put myself between you and the object, and I'm looking at you, and I'm uh, I'm gonna do a silly '90s action movie, early 2000s action movie pose, like we can fight now. Boom shakalaka! <laughs> like nice. I saw half a Jackie Chan movie once. You know, that's the <laughs> that's the stance. 
So she then is between one of the people in the handoff and you. She's just going to backhand the person behind her. Nice. And she has incredible Lucy Lou powers, so he just, like, goes flying, obviously. <laughs> oh, this is great, actually. He's going to turn around and beat up the other guy. Like, he just turns around and he does, like, a high Jean-Claude Van Damme height kick um, and knocks the other bad guy, or whoever these people are, over. Um, sends him careening into some uh, conveniently located uh, uh, trash cans. Um, so while he did that... She's going to reach out and, and grab the, the thing, the box. Oh, no, they didn't. That gives me my intentional touch move for the scene. Um, I'm going to reach out and intentionally grab your wrist and then look up at you, look into your eyes. Because I'm doing a move that requires, like, a pull, like, that escalates intimacy, I'm going to roll my d20. Okay, I got a four. When the tower falls, we want to have done as many of these moves as possible because that kind of gives our epilogue more drama. These are points that we're kind of trying to get mm. to get a more exciting outcome. Yeah, so he grabs your grabs your wrist um, and and looks up at you. What do you do? Can I? I can talk. Yeah, if you well, you can add dialogue to any move as long as you keep one hand on the microphone. Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I feel so nervous. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it does that. <laughs> like I feel... I don't know how to describe it. This is this is a fun feeling though. I, but I cannot intentionally touch you is the thing. You can once per game, which I didn't think about how that would impact a game in which we fight a lot. But let's say that kicks don't count as touching. Can we say that oh. kicks kicks don't count as touching? Because that way we can do them a lot and we don't have to worry about it. Yes, that works. So she is then. She's just going to kick you right in the chest. But not like not like in a, in a way that really hurts you, of course, but in a way that kind of knocks you off of her. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And I can go kind of like stumbling backward. And he has to have that moment that a man in an action movie must have that a, a relatively small woman has kicked me very hard and she's really good at kicking. <laughs> I'm just going to have him stumble backward and look surprised. Um, and he's going to look up at you. You're not leaving here with that. Just watch me. Uh, excuse me, I actually didn't order this pastrami. It's Ben, you know, for Roleplay Recon. I'm usually on the podcast. I've got some things to tell you. I'll have to multitask because I'm being chased on a jet ski by the FCC, which is weird because neither podcast nor catching jet ski thieves falls under their purview. But anyway, the first thing is to thank you for listening to our remake of Ballistic X vs. Sever. Remade with Alex Roberts Starcrossed. The supplement that we're using for this is called Starcrossed Love Letters, which we didn't know when we recorded this episode, but now we do know. We know it's called that now. We really liked this game, and we think Alex Roberts is really neat. And if you can help make this new supplement for it a reality, 
That would be swell. There's going to be a crowdfunding campaign, and it's going to be a little bit before that goes live. But if you want to get an alert for when it happens, the easiest way is to sign up for Alex Roberts' newsletter and updates at helloalexroberts.card.co. Card has two R's. You know what? To make this easy, I'll just put some links in this episode's description. Also, thanks to Local Deluxe for letting us use his music. Some of the tracks feature my friend Sketch, who just launched his own actual play podcast called Avoid in Reality. And it's really cool, and they worked really hard on it. Also, if you didn't hear, we're going weekly for the whole month of October. There's one more episode of X vs. Sever after this, and it comes out next week. And then after that, it's our Halloween celebration remaking Maximum Overdrive with Persephone Valentine from Dimension 20. Yay! As always, there's the Roleplay Retcon Discord and Patreon. Patreon has bonus content and the Discord has bonus people. This episode was edited by me, Benjamin Gray, with sound design by Benjamin Gray and Alex Blasius. Roleplay Retcon is part of the Nerdsmith Network. Oof, alright, the FCC is starting to catch up, so I gotta steer with both hands for a while. I'll see you on the other side! called A Little Embarrassment. Does anything jump into your mind when I say that? Maybe my character could, like, fumble. It's just like, it's a mistake, right? Like, it's uh, it's one of us slipping and falling, or you open the case and the orb's not there or something. Ooh. Yeah, let's do that. Let's say, you know, we've done some chasing and we're just, like, around, around the next corner or whatever, and mm-hmm. you open up the box and it's empty. <gasps> He's going to turn around the corner and he's going to lean smugly against the wall. You didn't realize the box was empty? Huh, I thought we had the same intel. Thank God. Her brow is going to furrow and her nostrils are going to flare. Oh, so cute. <laughs> and she's just going to glare at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is going to say, well, obviously I knew it was empty. I was just checking to make sure. <laughs> she just doesn't throw the box on the ground. I think, you know, he, he sees that, that you're, like, embarrassed and annoyed, and it's oddly endearing for some reason he doesn't want to think about. And I, ooh, I love this guy being kind of shitty. Um, <laughs> he's going to turn towards you and smile and say, you're way too cute when you're angry. Yeah, so I'm going to say uh, before this, she was not wearing her super cool sunglasses because he looked into her eyes earlier. Um, But she is going to now put on her super cool sunglasses. Amazing. And then relax her body into like a very confident position. And then she's going to say, 
who's angry? <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to reveal something personal on purpose. Um, he's going to shrug and uh, and his smile kind of drops. He goes back into like business mode, basically. So he's turning to you and he's like, OK, cards on the table. I know that we're on the same job here and we've got different bosses, but I'm going to let you know. My bosses are not nice guys. I really recommend that you walk away from this. Um, oh, I have to roll again for it. Okay, a two. <laughs> Whew. So I was thinking about how to unintentionally reveal something personal. <laughs> I wonder, you, you can sort of give one piece of information and then kind of accidentally give a little too much away, mm. right? Like maybe there's something mm. in the way that you say it. You know, mm. that I can get a sense of like, oh, this is really important to you or this is not just a job to you or, yeah, I don't know if th maybe the way that you say something can kind of give something away. Okay, interesting. I like that. It really doesn't matter to me whether or not they're nice guys. <gasps> oh, no, they didn't. No, is that too forward? Is that too intentional? No, no, I like it. I like it. Because I think you're saying one thing, right? Which is like, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are revealing like... The intensity of this, right? Like I get, I get in that moment that, oh, this is not just like a gig. Like this obviously means a lot to you and you are determined. And that seems weird to me for something that I kind of just see as like art heist type stuff. Um, so yeah, you've kind of unintentionally revealed that like, this is serious business for you. Nice. <laughs> okay, oh, amazing. Okay. Roll, roll, roll. Five. Um, I think he kind of steps back a little bit. And he realizes the seriousness of this to you. He's kind of ready to turn around and walk away. And he says, well, I guess I'm not going to be able to intimidate you out of this. So I'm just going to have to stay one step ahead of you. I, I like a hard scene transition, actually. I think it's good. Especially because, okay, the next scene is finding common ground. We can be in a totally different place, or we can, like, be here. I like the idea of there just being some third person who has gotten his hands on the orb, and we're fighting them. Yes, I love it. We can just drop ourselves into the middle of that action, actually. Uh, where's a cool place to have a big kung fu fight? A fancy restaurant, maybe? Yes. Yes. Um, fancy restaurant? Yeah, let's do fancy restaurant. Is it like dinner time or are we there like after hours? It is dinner time. So clearly one of us has just said like, you know, we need to keep this low key. So of course we're both dressed really nice. Like we're going to a fancy restaurant for dinner. Wow. Okay, time to describe a detail in the character's environment. Um, yes. My suit fits so well, and uh, it's clearly been tailored very, very well to my form, and you get to see how cute my butt is. Um, <laughs> but uh, my character himself is very, like, not used to dressing like that, and he actually looks a little awkward. Aw, that's so cute. Okay, then I am also going to uh, describe a detail in the character's environment. Um, 
my character uh, Sever is in like a really really nice little black dress. One of the ones that I don't know what the the cut is, but it's got really small like spaghetti straps. Yes. But the the neckline is loose and like just kind of drapes over her chest. I can picture this. I am being transported to 2002 right now. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> is there like, is the, the dress is like asymmetrical a little bit? You know, it's like, yes. yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> One side of the hem is a little longer and it's a little, the other side is mid-thigh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but she is totally confident in, in this attire. Oh, nice. I love her little role reversal. Um, yeah, so now I look kind of awkward and a little stuffy. Uh, I'm, I'm the one who's going to see, I'm going to see this guy. So again, I, I like the fact that no one, the audience has not seen the orb yet. Um, so yeah, I'm going to just try to as casually as possible walk by this guy's table and just, just as inconspicuously as possible, grab this case. Right. So I'm just like walking, I'm looking around as though I'm trying to find, you know, oh, I'm, I'm here with so-and-so and I'm doing that. And I'm trying to be so, so, so casual about just grabbing this mm-hmm. and then continuing to walk. But I think the guy notices. <gasps> we were not here together, though, right? We're still at like opposite ends of the. I think so. Yeah, I think we arrived separately. What is what does the guy look like? Oh, uh, he's a t- uh, action movie bad guy. Definitely like bald. Maybe has a goatee. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, <laughs> action movie bad guy. <laughs> so he notices that you've grabbed this. She's not going to to do anything. She's going to wait and see how it how it plays out. How how is she blending into this uh, fancy restaurant? Like, is she just trying to play it casual? Is she hiding herself? What's what's her vibe? That's a great question. She's standing beside the bar, like she's waiting for her drink. Uh, he's he's got the case, and the other guy is also trying not to attract attention. So he's also trying to very casually get up and just kind of walk after me, and I'm just like slowly also trying to be casual and not like <laughs> you know. Um, and so I'm just trying to very casually, and I'm kind of paying more attention to the fact that he's behind me. I'm looking for an exit. Um, and I am going to use my unintentional touch because I want to just like walk right into you. Like I totally Ooh. didn't expect you to be there and I totally didn't, yeah, didn't even see you. I'm like so focused on other things. And also you look so different than how I'm used to seeing you. So I'm literally, I want to just clumsily like walk right into you. Okay, I'm going to roll for this. Oh, a three. Ooh, so we've got two, three, four, five. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he just walks straight into you. Uh, the thing is, like, and then he realizes what he's done, and unfortunately he is stunlocked for a second because he just kind of takes a step back and sees how unbelievably gorgeous you are. So uh, she is going to see this, um, but now she sees that this this other guy is closing the gap. And uh, so what she's going to do is she's going to try to... Um, play up this in, this encounter, and uh, she's accidentally but totally on purpose going to knock over a drink off of the the counter, and um, 
step back away from the counter as she does that and thus putting herself in between the guy and you. So, right, everyone is like, oh, focused on this like smashed glass while you're removing yourself from the situation, putting between us. Um, Do you want to do an unintentional touch? Yes. Can I? Yeah, yeah. Like as you're sort of brushing past me, right? There's just like, we're just getting a little too close in that moment. I'll have what they're having. So I get to roll. I got an eight. So yeah, that moment really, again, he's kind of still in this like, uh, what? Oh, I didn't realize she was so beautiful moment. And then you walk <laughs> past me, right? And we kind of, we just this, just this very, very delicate brush of the arm. And I get this tiny, just the slightest little whiff of perfume. And it's just like, oh. And um, he kind of needs to like shake himself out of it. And he like whips around quickly so that he's also facing the bad guy. Oh, and intentional touch coming in. Uh, yeah, he's going to turn around and put his hand on your shoulder and like an idiot, which I've decided this character is, <laughs> um, go get out of here. I got this. Okay, wait, I should, I should roll. I'm going to roll for the, Ooh, I got a 19. Um, so yeah, I place my hand on your shoulder and it's like not delicate, but not rough, just very firm. And he's totally confident that he's like, you know, you, you get, you get out of here. I got this one. Okay. So I'm going to add some detail to the environment. While he has been really focused on her and this other guy, um, she's been at the bar looking around and she can tell that there are other people in the room who are staring very intently at this exchange. Um, and she thinks that, oh, they're, they're definitely here to prevent this orb from from going into someone else's hands and she she notices this and then she she calculates that mm, maybe they can't both do this independently like there's so many guys and they they look like they mean business so this is unintentionally revealing something personal she is going to say mm, no i I think you need me for this one. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there's something, there is something revealed in that moment, right? About like th- a certain confidence and like the fact that she really will not run away from a fight, even when she has every excuse. Um, yeah, I love that. Roll for it. Nine. Wow. We're just going to get one to 10. I have this feeling. I know, right? We're just going to strike all down. So he sees that. He sees that you're not going anywhere. And so I think he moves as quickly as possible to sucker punch this guy. Well, if we can't do this politely. And then he sucker punches the guy. Um, and and uh, obviously everyone in the restaurant like gets up and is like, oh, um, <laughs> you know how people in action movies do. And <laughs> they're like, oh, I'm an innocent bystander. I'm going to scream. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's what he does. Nice. Um, so while everyone uh, jumps up at this moment, um, the other people who were also watching intently, they get up and, and start making a, a break for us. Um, so she is going to react by grabbing the box and kind of running in the opposite direction and unintentionally touch you while she does that. Oh, wait, no, I can't do that. I already did that in the scene. You used your unintentional touch. It's okay. You can brush by. I can get another whiff of perfume. Very distracting. Well, I'm over here having now like 
a weirdly cool, well-choreographed fight scene with this guy. We're punching. We're kicking. Um, we're using... We're using furniture. There's some chair work, you know. I'm on top. I'm on the table. I'm off the table. He's. It's great. So we're having this very cool fight scene, and I'm noticing that you are like booking it, like you are that you are running, and so uh, I kind of have to like. Uh, I almost want to give him a little action movie one liner. Is that too cheesy? Is it too cheesy if no. I just if I like grab this guy and I'm like, let's do this again next week, um, and then throw him into into like. Uh, the fancy, throw him into the fancy fish tank that's at this fancy restaurant. <laughs> no, I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's going to do that. And then, uh, and then chase after you. Which one of us has the orb? You have the orb. Or the case, which presumably contains the orb. Okay. Yeah, God, we hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's chasing after you. I'm going to say that's the end of our Finding Common Ground scene. Next time on Ballistic. X versus Seva. He knew one of us was going to fail. Shock, dismay. So I hopped into my car, and then you're being chased by a bunch of dudes, and then you hop into my car too. If I don't deliver, we both be dead. So what do we do about this? Pringles. Something truly terrible happens. It has to, like, steal people's souls or something. This is the best ending. To be continued. Have you in my life?